a speakerphone chat with our producer Nick uh, just to plan the bits and bobs for the show before we get going so we never see him no. and he's rattling around in the background just kind of eating stuff or whatever you always think what's Nick up to anyway we found this room in the uh, in the building that's got a big this is what all the bosses use I think the big, big bosses use this for their uh, meetings and stuff proper state of the art massive t- you know when they're massive tellies are always given away on this show one of them with like a pro camera on it and we sat there today minds blown having an actual audio visual chat with producer Nick it's amazing little microphones coming up out of the desk the camera kind of moves around no matter where oh. you're sat it's fantastic I tell you what I felt like I felt like I was in some action movie with uh, David Suchet and Harrison Ford in and we were in like some crisis situation room and we yeah. were a fiction US president. Yeah, I wanted to get like go green team, green team go, <laughs> yeah, and see bad graphics of like three fighter planes going across um, and, and going to the baddie or something. Well, we, we are obsessed with this room now to the point where we're going to try and book it out and do it every day. So look, if you're at a loose end in the daytime and you'd like to have a, a you know a video chat. Of course, you know, with parameters, with and, Richie and I get in touch. And, and it also helps if you're on Microsoft Teams. You need to be on Microsoft Teams. Hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk. <laughs> had an epiphany this morning. Uh, what I would describe as a road to Damascus starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, it's fair to say we're all quite opinionated. I think we're getting more opinionated and everyone's always putting stuff on social media about what, what you think's good, what you think's rubbish, slagging this off, slagging that off, that kind of thing. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I, and I'm one of those people. I'm, I'm as bad. And uh, I've always made a big thing about how much I hate smooth peanut butter. <laughs> In fact, I remember tweeting about, probably about nearly a year ago, uh, uh, saying which animal, what kind of animal eats smooth peanut butter. I just couldn't get my head around why anyone would want to eat smooth peanut butter in a million years. Anyway, fast forward a few months, uh, and this week I went to do the big shop, and as as with any big shop with me, I always make at least two or three mistakes. (laughs) I always get the wrong thing, that Katie writes me a list, I'll always get two or three mistakes. I bought smooth peanut butter instead of crunchy. And the price these days of peanut butter, I'm not going to, I can't just put that in the bin. No. It's coming in at nearly four quid. You yeah. know, it's the organic stuff, do you know what I mean? So I thought, well, whatever, I'm going to have to eat it. I've eaten smooth peanut butter this morning and it has blown my mind. I absolutely love it. <laughs> and I can't wait to get home this evening and have a crumpet with some peanut butter on tonight. Oh, do you know what? Cr- a crumpet with peanut butter on are fantastic. Yeah. The clag that goes into a crumpet from peanut butter, awesome. It's an amazing feeling. I- I've been thinking about it, even when we were having our meeting earlier on about the show. Mm. In the background was me thinking about smooth peanut butter. I've done a massive U-turn. I thought, let's open the floor to the hometown audience this evening, first hour of the show. And this is, this is you being the bigger person because you're admitting that you're wrong. If you've had a massive U-turn on something... Tell us about it. Well, do you know what? The first hour of the show is just about U-turns. U-turns. I'm going to just labour peanut butter for a little bit longer because, for me, it's peanut butter as a whole. I grew up not liking peanut butter. Uh-huh. Early adult years, still not liking peanut butter. Now, if I'm making Rocco's little sandwiches for nursery and there's the old cut-offs and all that kind of thing with the peanut butter inside, Oof. always going for it. I've always loved Marmite. That's been my spread of choice. Marmite peanut butter is fantastic. Yeah. And my now go-to little guilty petrol station secret chocolate buy would be the old Reese's bits. Well, they are great. I love peanut butter. So you've had a U-turn on peanut butter as well. On on peanut butter, whether it's crunchy or smooth. Uh, Ed says on Twitter, he says, slippers. I've always hated them. The thought of wearing slippers made my mouth dry. And seeing other people wear them made me feel like I I could taste their feet in my mouth. It's got a bit of a mouth issue. Uh, Got given some for Christmas three years ago. I've worn them out of politeness and now I love slippers. Brilliant. That's the power of the road to Damascus turnaround, folks. So if you've done something like that, like I said, you've been the bigger person, shout it from the rooftops tonight on Home Time. Karen says talc. 
What? I never saw the t- I never saw the point before, but since trying it out after not having it since I grew out of my parents bathing me in talc, <laughs> I've totally U-turned on it. I get that dry feeling quicker. It's less of a faff. Tell me, grown-ups don't use talc. I thought talc was just for babies' bums in like the nineties. I 90s thought it was stuff, just for me? babies' bums. Grown-ups use talc. If you use talc, tell us about it. <laughs> uh, thoroughly good on Twitter says talking about U-turns. I was straight. I told everyone I was straight, went on a blind date, changed my mind, told everyone, still together 25 years on. That's a bigger t- U-turn than talc. It is. It's up there, though. <laughs> it's up there. Liam says prawns. I was told as a kid that they lived by and fed off sewage pipes, basically eating poop. I thought, I ain't eating that. Turns out they're wonderful. Wow. But they still do live by that. That's yeah, the only problem, isn't true. it? Look, if you've had a proper U-turn on something, we would love for you to be brave and talk about it tonight on the show. Tweet here says, Baths, 100% shower guy, used to hate the idea of sitting in a tub of fermenting human sweat and dirt. <laughs> Filthy animals. But since the ensuite got ripped out, I'm all for them. I'm in there for half an hour now. Do you know what? I think, particularly when you have kids as well, having a bath is just a rare bit of peace, isn't it? It is. And I find your kids will have a bath more than your human will. Uh, and then yeah. you get jealous of them, thinking, that looks fun, there. I'll have a bit of that. Sometimes yeah. just sit on the loo for ages. Just oh, people ask you questions through the door. That's what happens in our house. Uh, right, tell us about your U-turns. We've got Robert on the line. Robert, what happened to you? Basically, um, walking through um, the Pearl City Centre and seeing Andy Van Der Meter, who was a brand new Everton signing at the time. I remember. And um, he got out his Ferrari and I followed him into a restaurant. And, uh, As you do. It turned out to be quite expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and when I was a kid, I had to all of thinking it was a grape, which obviously did mend well. <laughs> Um, but then I asked for the pizza thing on the menu, which was them. And uh, yeah, Andy didn't cross me, but I did enjoy the olive like. Brilliant. So, so you followed Andy Van der Meter into a restaurant just to have because you were starstruck by him. Uh, it yeah. turned out the restaurant was really expensive. The cheapest thing on there was was olives, and and it kind of just changed your mind on them. Well, no, I ate one and I enjoyed it. I had met one since that day as a kid when it was um... <laughs> when you thought it was a grape. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know whether it was actually that I hated olives or just it was the shock. Now, Andy Van Der not with Everton anymore, but do you still love olives? Yeah. Oh, this is amazing. You can you can thank... At some point, I hope you get to be able to thank Andy Van Der for introducing you to olives at some point. Yeah. Do us a favour, Robert. Yeah. Don't follow any more celebrities into restaurants <laughs> or anything, all right? I won't, I won't. Dave says, I didn't eat curry or put gravy on any of my dinners until I was 25. Now that is essentially my diet. Wow. He's had a U-turn. I, I almost like... It's like someone's getting into a band that you love, but you've 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 heard all their records. Yeah. They, they, he's got that entire sauce, gravy, back catalogue to get used to. I can't enjoy. believe that he's had it out of his life for so long. Now it's mainly his life. Stuart says, as a kid, I loved sandwich spread. Now, as an adult, I hate the stuff. It gives me the book and goosebumps just looking at the jar in the supermarket weirdly I saw it in the supermarket the other night and I haven't had it for ages and I thought I might give that a try meat paste I looked up sandwich spread the ingredients do you want to know? yeah go on Uh, vinegar sugar Mm. cabbage carrots gherkins egg yolks red peppers mustard that sounds alright it sounds like someone I might kind of craft if I was in the video game (laughs) Fallout Uh, Mark says, Annie Lennox hated her music, then got to see her live. Absolutely blew my socks off. What a voice. I love her now. And this says, I hated cheese until I was 30. What? He says, now I love it. And he puts pointedly at the end, I've missed so much. (laughs) 
bit of a break from hearing about the Downing Street party. Uh, tonight on the show, we're talking about U-turns. Have you done a massive U-turn on something? U-turns sound political, actually, so that's quite a clever little uh, satirical twist by us. It does sound like someone out of... Uh, um, have I got news for you? <laughs> or something. Earl Grey Tea, says Jim in Nottingham, used to think it tasted like washing up liquid, now it's Nirvana. Do you know what? I, I, it kind of does still taste like washing up liquid, <laughs> but I feel posh when I drink it. And Mike says, evening, guys. Uh, my wife did a U-turn with me. We were at the same school and she didn't like me very much. Now we are married and have our first child. Look at that. What about that? Uh, Wendy, what's your U-turn? Uh, broad beans. You've had a bro- you've had a re- U-turn on broad beans. <laughs> Definitely, I hate broad hate, hate the broad beans with a vengeance. Uh, the skin on them is so leathery and horrible. And then my husband decided one day he would actually take the skins off, and now I eat them. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think about how I eat broad beans. Like, like how do you eat them? Because if you go to, like, um, uh, Yo Sushi, yep. you get the little ones in the pot and they you, you kind of pop them out into is your mouth. Is that your edamame ones? That's edamame, isn't it? Yeah. Is, it is it a similar kind of thing you're talking about? Well, yeah, they're, they're a lot nicer and you can actually puree them or do what you like with them once you've skinned them, but they're just horrible and leathery. They're horrible things before they're skinned, but there's a whole new ball game once you take those skins off, so you should try them skinned. Is a broad bean still a broad bean if it hasn't got your skin on, though? A met- metaphorical question in many ways. Well, I suppose so. I don't, I, I don't really know, really, but, I mean, I don't mind... I suppose a bit like a butter bean after that, aren't they, really? Do you know I could chat beans with Wendy all evening? I reckon the home-time <laughs> audience could chat broad beans until seven o'clock, but we're not going to let them. (laughs) (laughs) Strangest crime wave you'll ever have heard of right now. Normally, when you hear about some kind of crime wave, uh, it might be supercars or something that's been lifted from the streets. Do you think, ah, scumbags, what's going on? Yeah, exactly. What are you doing? Manhole covers. What? (laughs) Drain covers, storm drain covers, whatever you want to technically call these things. Kind of things that are going over a hole in the road. In Doncaster, uh, over 200 manhole covers have been nicked over the last week or so. That is so weird. What a bizarre thing to nick. A, they're really heavy. They uh, are about 110 kilos, so that's more than you or I. So you you can't be an opportunist uh, manhole cover thief and just think, oh, I'll stick that in my backpack, can you? Yeah, no, exactly. That's crazy. And also, isn't there a weird like superstition? Some people are quite superstitious about manhole covers. Isn't it about three different covers you can't walk across at once? Or so something I don't know how that. people who have got that superstition are feeling about this. A bit of a relief, but this is the jeopardy of the hole. Obviously. Yeah, that's very true. And the, the hole is the jeopardy, right? So <laughs> they're heavy. Yeah. Uh, they cost uh, the, so scrap metal wise. Uh, about 20 quid. So whoever's been nicking it, if it's the same person, 200 of them, gone for 20 quid, that's four grand from the scrap metal merchants. That's a hell of a lot of things to have in your spare room, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Is but... it this way to the bathroom? No, don't go in there. <laughs> but here's the point, right? So in one city in Doncaster, there's now 200 holes in the road. So wow. people are just walking around and suddenly just disappearing like some comedy film. It's like whack-a-mole exactly. in Doncaster, isn't it? Falling down something. Uh, I, I do you know what I don't want, I don't want to tempt fate by saying I've never I've never fallen down anything me. And You've not visited Doncaster yet. Well, my my brother, uh, my brother Simon, I'll never forget. We uh, he was going for an interview uh, at a to be a barman at a brand new bar in Bristol called the Seven Shed, yeah. right by the River Seven. They were just building it at the time, so I, I went down there for a bit of moral support, and I sat on the steps and I just said best of luck, and he went in to have the interview. I was in there for literally fifteen minutes, came racing out saying right, we're going. I said, what's going on? He said, right, whatever, we're just going. And he explained to me on the way back that he walked in to wave to the guy so he could go and sit and down and have the interview with him, and he didn't realise that there was a massive hole in the floor where the builders were working on the, the bar that moved, and he just disappeared down the, disappeared down the hole. 
and the builders had to lift him back up again by his waist and his trousers nearly <laughs> came down. It was just awful. This could be one of our nichest <laughs> questions that we've asked you, but if you've ever fallen down a hole and you, you wish to share the story, oh, yes. we are all ears tonight. And just as a side thing, if you live in Doncaster and you, you're in this at the moment, do tell us what it's like. I mean, people would have to, I imagine, put tennis rackets on their shoes as yes. a way of like avoiding... How are you avoiding this problem? Crampons, I think they're called, aren't they? Is it something like that? I think so, yeah. People from Doncaster, how are you getting around this thing? Kelly says, in terms of falling down a hole, I broke my tailbone after being knocked down some stairs in a bar by someone dressed as Austin Powers. I love this bit. She says, I had two drinks in my hands and chose to save the drinks. What a legend. Emma says, I was working in a shop a long time ago behind our till area. We had a trap door down to the cellar. You Ooh. can see where this story's going. <laughs> <laughs> I was told the trap door was open, so to be careful if I went behind the till. Me being me, I forgot. It's like that kids' TV show. Stay away from that trap door, because there's something down there. Breaking news from Doncaster, an update on this spate of holes. Oh, good. 200 manhole covers been stolen in uh, Doncaster, so holes all over the place. We're just imagining what happens if you just walk in and fall down a hole. We want your falling down hole stories. Uh, but this update here says, I live in Doncaster. The council have been very good. Covered some of the holes with wood and traffic cones. Doesn't look good, though, if it's a driveway. I bet. It, must seem, it seems a bit improvised to me. <laughs> it does a bit. Uh, some great stories coming in about falling down things, quite painful stories. Joe and Kent says, when I was in my 20s, I got drunk one night, got the bus home to Whitstable, fell asleep and ended up in Herm Bay. I had to walk home. Uh, on the way, I needed a wee, so I decided to go to the side of the road. I had to duck under some barbed wire, which got stuck on my clothes, and I was trapped there for 10 minutes, cars passing by, seeing me like this. Then I broke free, only to fall down the ditch on the other side, wherein I lay for about an hour. I was in the right state by the time I eventually got home. <laughs> What an awful journey. It's like The Revenant. Drink carefully, kids. Behave yourselves. Alex, tell us about your falling down a hole story. 30 years ago now, as a youngster, I was retiling a roof, a low-level roof, I should say, single story, and obviously was conscious about falling off the roof. What I didn't bank on was falling through the window in the roof Oof. onto the kitchen floor below. The comedy element, I suppose, was it was a, a Velux window, which I don't know if you know much Yeah, 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 I can picture oh, them, yes. They, they pivot in the middle. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I put my hand on the top of the window to steady myself. <laughs> the next thing I know, the window's pivoting and I'm descending through it, head, well, hands first, Superman style, <laughs> onto the uh, kitchen floor below. <laughs> <laughs> was anyone in the kitchen at the time? Uh, no, no, fortunately. Well, I say fortunately, yeah, because I probably would have landed on them. But <laughs> What a dramatic uh, entrance, though, Alex. What a way to um, cause a stir. Well, quite, yeah, I suppose. Because I was lucky, I suppose. It was quite a small window, so I, it, I snagged myself several times on the way through, which probably <laughs> probably prevented injury when I hit the floor at the bottom. Love it. Cole says, uh, I fell asleep in a Rhodes nightclub toilet. I came out, it was all closed and locked up. So I climbed out of a window onto what I thought was a garden uh, but it was a veranda made of thin wood covered in thick (laughs) vines. Crunch! I fell through, landed on my backside in a courtyard with a ten-foot wall. That's so <laughs> dangerous, isn't it? So scary. Such a close call. Judith from Coventry says, I had some important visitors in for a meeting. Uh, they asked for some info and I left the office to get it. When I came back into the meeting room, I didn't realise my chair was on wheels. It shot from under me and I got my heels stuck on the desk and I couldn't get my legs back down. Kerry says, a few years ago, I was early doors dating this guy, so I thought I'd surprise him in the shower. 
Uh, uh, as soon as I stood in the bath, I slipped and put me knee through the side of the bath. Seven years on, we're no longer together, and I have a huge scar to prove it. Oh, no. Deary me, that's, that's a bit of seduction gone wrong, isn't it? <laughs> uh, Kenny, your story, please, of falling down a hole? Well, I showed off to my son. We was racing through a car park, right. and I decided to jump over a wall to get away from him. Uh, but little did I know was the other side was a street, <laughs> and there was a six-foot-plus hole... <sighs> for a gas pipe. Wow. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, it hurt a little bit. I broke my ankle, dislocated both my kneecaps and uh, two metal tar- broke two metal tarsals in my foot. So, can I just, just to get the, the, the jump in my head here, you jumped over what you thought was a three-foot wall, turned out to be six foot, but not only that, you then went into a, like, almost in Mario, a Mar- Super Mario, you went into, like, a pipe then that was open in the floor at the bottom as well. Yeah, I, I, I was covered in mud. I can't think what else was in there. I have no idea, but I was uh, I was absolutely caked in it. Yeah, so a nice day out, and you know, a bit of a uh, bit of a disaster, really. When you see a wall now, Kenny, what do you do? <laughs> I look over them first. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. One final. I have to read this. One final fallen down hole story. It's been so much fun. <laughs> Liz in Birmingham says, I once tripped up a rabbit hole whilst on a walk with someone new to the area who I met the week before whilst walking the dog. Aye, aye. I was wearing a dress and I'd put a load of washing on before I left. The only item of clothing that was missing from the wash was the knickers I was wearing. So I popped them in the machine thinking, what could go wrong? <laughs> I'm only walking the dog. I'm going to be honest, right, this is the moment in the show, this is the moment when uh, we go our separate ways with the audience. Because up <laughs> until this point, right, we're all in it together. But you, you lot at this point now are probably putting your tracky bottoms on, having your tea and just chilling out. Richie and I, boiler suits on, we're ready to step into the unknown. It's the Tuesday Tombola. We don't know. We do not know what's going to happen now in terms of a phoning topic. And to be fair, we've had a fairly unusual couple of hours with people falling down holes and that, so this might push us over the edge. You're right, this is where we go our own way, but equally, this is where we need the audience the most, because most of the time we'll spend talking about things that you and I have carefully curated and prepared. Yep. This is just now the final 53 minutes of the show, dictated by whatever... The ping pong ball says I'm about to draw out. Lady luck in many ways. Lady luck indeed. And if people don't get in touch about stuff tonight, I'm probably just spend the rest of the show uh, suggesting or coming up and trying to guess what the Everton formation's going to be, which is what we were doing at lunchtime today. <laughs> well, you won't, be do- <laughs> you won't be doing that because it's ball 56. Ball 56? <laughs> What's this about? It got ruined by a bird. Oh, my word. <laughs> <laughs> just when you thought it couldn't get any weirder. So, we're after your stories about... Birds ruining things. You know, you know what they're like. Yes. You know what people are like. So, avian, please. <laughs> avian. You know, it's a shame we have to say this, but unfortunately for some of you, we do. It's the first thing that went through my head, anyway. <laughs> so, ruined by a bird. I tell you what, ruined by a bird. Brackets. Avian. Any mention of marriages. And you get your barred for yeah, a week, all right? Exactly. This is why we love the Tuesday Tombola. This is why we love you, because the stories are coming in. Like this from Matthew. I had a ZX Spectrum collection in my dad's loft. Lovely. It was completely caked in bird poo after a couple got in the loft and set up home. I managed to save the Spectrum itself, Whoa. but sadly lost some big box games as it basically chemically burned the cardboard. That is terrible. I tell you, weirdly, you forget about the whole poo side of things. I remember, obviously, you grew up in Brixham in Devon. 
in, there's loads and loads of seagulls down there. I'll never forget watching uh, us. We, we, we had uh, fish and chips as a family, sat down on the breakwater down there by the breakwater beach. My dad went to have his first bite of chips. Seagull pooed, kid you not, right the way down the front of his face, covered one of his uh, uh, lenses of his glasses, went on his nose, into his moustache, top lip, straight down into his chips. That's worse than losing a spectrum. It was, di- it was a direct hit. So look, if a bird's ruined something for you, Share it with other people who've had the same experience. I've got Jamie on the line. Jamie, what happened to you? Uh, well, uh, they cut a few trees down broad uh, a few weeks ago, and since then, I just heard, of, heard something in his bedroom waking us up. Um, I was up in loft just over Christmas, and uh, just out of nowhere, birds just flew at me, were circling me. In your loft? <laughs> wow. In loft, yeah. <laughs> that must have been like something out of a horror movie. Oh, it was awful. So I've just. Uh, just today, going from work, I thought, right, that's it. I'm having it. Uh, and I managed to get it out at all. It's been coming in and block it up. Oh, brilliant. So the bird has been safely returned to the wild, but you've you've blocked up the hole that it was using to get in. That's it. Everyone wins. Oh. <laughs> And is that, you're going to get like a situation where I imagine you might do, where you're sat watching telly and the bird come and, land, come and lands on the kitchen windowsill and looks like longingly at, at, at you, like a friendship that's been sadly broken. Possibly, who knows? I'll, uh, I'll have to keep it posted on that one. Aww. Indoor birds are one of the most frightening things. I don't know why there hasn't been a horror movie made just about birds flying around indoors. It's, I think it's one of the most distressing things. Go around in circles and circles and circles. No, that's what I'm doing above my head. They've been lost. I couldn't get out quick enough. Brilliant. Cheers, Jamie. We have got an email that's just come in. I'll read it for you now uh, from Ben. It says, Bush and Richie, our Christmas tree was somewhat disturbed by an owl that had fallen down our chimney. And here's the frustrating thing. It says, see the link in our local paper and it, you can't click on it. Oh. Have to use your imagination. Thankfully, Scott is hanging on. He's been ruined by a bird. Uh, well, some, <laughs> so something has. Scott, tell us. I do absolutely have uh, two years ruined by a bird. Two years? Wow, this is consecutive years ruined by a bird. Please explain. I uh, decided not to take my A-levels at the school I attended to reinvent myself. Okay, clever. I see what you're doing there, yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, on the first day, I made some cool kids, you know. I uh, struck up a rapport. I agreed to meet the cool kids at the fountain at the town hall square, turned up late and was hit in the head by a pigeon. (laughs) <laughs> when you say hit in the head by, um, it's the obvious, right? You weren't just flown directly into by a pigeon. Oh, no, 100%. The, uh, uh, it cut my eye. I mean, the, the scab was short-lived, but the emotional scars were long-term. So, hang on, oh, a, 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 a pigeon basically dive-bombed you? Yeah, it thought, you know what, you will not be called. Right, OK, so you were, you, were, you were nearly in there with the cool kids. Pigeon hits you directly in the head. You said two years of pain from a pigeon. What happened next? Well, I was referred to as Pigeon for the next two years. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Cheers, Pidge. Chris has tweeted to say, Sesame Street, I hated big birds, all right? A lot of of the stories have been uh, around uh, uh, birds ruining things by uh, making a mess, if you see what I mean. How can you have a problem with big bird? What a lovely, big... It's fluffy character Big Bird was. Yeah, I mean, if you think about Sesame Street, the rest of the characters were all quite amusing sort of actual puppets. Big Bird's just someone in a costume. I, I have to admit, even when I was a kid, the kind of the grown-up's legs in those yellow tights yeah. used to freak me out a little bit. bit actually, creepy. Actually, fair point. Right, let's move on from Big Bird. Uh, Debbie, tell us what happened. What got ruined by a bird? Um, my son passed out from military college last year. Wonderful. Um, we drove 200 miles from home to the college... Uh, to stay overnight the night before, mm-hmm. nice and fresh. Proud parents. 
Absolutely. Uh, my husband, on the morning of the presentation, opened his suit carrier and our pet cockatiel had done a direct hit right down the back of his jacket. <laughs> How big is a cockatiel poo? Uh, well, it went from collar to the bottom to hem. Wow, from collar <laughs> to hem. A big cockatiel. Yeah, yeah. A cockatiel is just a bit, bit bigger than a budgie. Blimey, what is the name of your, your cockatiel that, that made the kind of critical comment on your husband's suit? She's called Ziggy. Ziggy! <laughs> I ain't stardust. <laughs> uh, Richie and I are crashing and burning a little bit tired, wise Can I tell you the main reason why we're, we're quite tired is that we went for lunch and a bit of a planning session before mm. this show happened, and Richie's seat, by some strange feature of the restaurant, was vibrating. It was. He had a vibrating seat. I had a vibrating seat. I was eating dinner, and I kept on saying to Bush every time like it was it was quiet, I, I felt like I was sat on a coach <laughs> at traffic lights. You know when like, you, sat on a, uh, you sat on a coach or a bus at traffic lights, and the driver puts it into neutral, but it's because it's a coach this comfy yeah. seat you sat was vibrating sat there eating dinner just feeling like I was on the coach almost like going back to the coach thing you know when you almost want to put your head against the window so it goes there's a weird thing right uh, it, it, look as we end the show little thought to leave with coach travel one of the least salubrious types of travel but actually one of the most comfortable uh, people reminisce about it and love it all the time and just to explain uh, it turns out we did ask the, the girls who work in the restaurant uh, the, it's the um, oven and stuff from downstairs. Yeah, below. there's a big fan above this oven that has been installed and it's making some of the uh, chairs vibrate above. But if you want to go in there and get vibrated whilst you have a calzone, get yourself down there. It's just around the corner. We're going again soon. So there you go, there's the podcast. Just to go back still to our excitement about finding this kind of audio-visual room hidden within uh, One Golden Square here at Absolute Radio. One thing that we need to do, now that we know there's a big telly there, yeah. PlayStation tournament. Oh, my goodness. What should we play? We can we somehow sneak a PlayStation in there. What are we going to play? Well, I think we got, both you and I have got to play FIFA. That would be good. Well, I'm not very, Are you any good at it? Not really. I'm not very good at it either. I try and play it too authentically. Like, like real football? Yeah, like pass it around at the back and build from the back and just um, keep possession until the chance opens what's, up. What's that cricket game you play? Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, uh, that's uh, that's on the Xbox. That's uh, Ashes 19. They haven't updated it. <laughs> they probably don't need to. <laughs> no. Yeah, don't. Please don't. Stay, yeah, stay here after 7 o'clock and just play Ashes cricket all night. Games night. It's happening.